Hello, I'm Joyce. I'm June. And I'm Paula. We're the Kavanagh Sisters, and we'd like to welcome you to our series of Count Me In podcasts, where we continue to shine a light on childhood sexual abuse and its impacts. Today's podcast is as a direct response to Tussler's introduction to implementing child abuse substantiation procedures and under these policy guidelines an alleged abuser would be allowed to personally interview the alleged victim. The, the problem with the whole thing is their guidelines which means they're not set in stone, which, which means they're open to interpretation. Which, which means, means they they're open even, to be abused. And even more so abused than the thing itself that's abusive. Yes. So like, there's no winner in this, no matter what way they work it. Well, for example, thinking behind it is to stress <coughs> test the allegations. Yeah. That should have nothing whatsoever to do with putting the victim and the perpetrator in, in the, the same room. room. You know? And how would that stress test anything? So if I'm sitting in a room with my abuser and he said, that didn't happen, and I go, no, that did happen. How is that stress testing anything? Because yeah. it's still going to be my word against his word. If a, an alleged perpetrator has the opportunity to interview their victim, and there's only guidelines, to have to sit face to face with an abuser is absolutely horrendous. Which will go to show you, and it dem- what it demonstrates more than anything else, is still that absolute lack of understanding of the impacts of abuse on any victim, regardless of their age regardless if it's a historical or a current case. Mm. And the fact that people who are put in positions of power, who are investigating this, and social workers who are supposed to be supplying support to children in particular, that's their role, how can anybody with any education or any understanding of child abuse think, does anything about those guidelines appropriate when dealing with a victim of abuse? My concern would be when the victim comes forward initially, they're carrying the shame and they're carrying the guilt. So if at that stage they're put in front of the perpetrator, it's going to start asking questions. You'd start doubting yourself and thinking, it was me, it was my fault. And him knowing that he has you in that space. I mean, Jesus Christ. After months, the idea of sitting in the same courtroom with them is traumatising. So you think, oh, hang on, I have a better idea. Before they've even, you know, got any help or support. Let's put them face to face with these guys and stress test this yeah. allegation. We were in our thirties when our court case came up and we couldn't even look our father in the eye. Or be in the same room as him. Yeah, I mean, it was very intimidating and still frightening. And there was one part I was reading and it said that the victim would be given a choice. My problem with this is, even as a victim, you have no idea of the damage and the lasting damage that intervention would cause. And the emotional trauma that you're going to go through if you're put in that position. Do you remember in the court case, the judge announced at the very end of the case, is there any member of the family who'd like to speak on behalf of the family? And I know we threw Joyce into the mix because you were the only one strong enough to do it. But that was that nearly killed you. We, we weren't able for that at that age. And part of those guidelines that Tusla are introducing refers to the fact that... Um, young children and, and vulnerable adults won't be expected to do this. Well, in our experience and our opinion, every victim of childhood sexual abuse is vulnerable as an adult. It's wide open to abuse and they have no comprehension of what they're doing really. Now, even after all of the work we've done, 
a natural ha thing that happens for victims of abuse, regardless of your age or the work you've done on yourself, is you go back into your default position. Now the default for a victim of abuse is dissociation, so you get away from all the feelings and emotions. As soon as you come out of that room, you're likely to have all that trauma rush at you, yeah. regardless of how much work you've done on yourself. So that in itself is so damaging. And the fact that as a victim of abuse, you compartmentalise everything that happened to you. So it's not stored in easy, accessible sound bites that you can give to someone. Well, I just can't believe it because I feel there's no other crime that they would introduce this guidelines into. There's nowhere where somebody could come in and rob your house and then they have, uh, they're entitled to question you on whether you might have mistook the fact that they were robbing you. And I have to say, I was reading the article in the Irish Times and this bit that it says, right, social workers must stress test allegations when interviewing complainants. The guidelines, and again, I'm going back to their guidelines, which means they're even more open to interpretation and abuse, uh, including by asking, say, the victim, is there, an, is there an alternative explanation to what you're telling me? Or have you misinterpreted your abuse? Like, oh my God, what? Yeah. the saddest part is, like, it's obvious they have been pushed into this. It's like everything in Irish politics. It's a reaction to that. There's no consideration. All they're only considering covering their own art. They have no idea of the amount of legal cases they're going to have if they go down this path. No. It's absolutely insane. So what is wrong with them that they wouldn't even have Consider. a conversation? Because if you read those guidelines, in reading between the lines, it's literally saying the perpetrator or the alleged perpetrator's rights are above that of the victim. They don't understand the crime. And yeah. if they don't understand it, they certainly shouldn't be in a place of authority where they're dealing with it or trying to provide support for people. Yeah. That goes against everything. Everything They're that just we completely in. incompetent when it comes to sexual abuse crimes. If the complainant is still a child or is a vulnerable adult, and who gets to decide if you're a vulnerable adult, right? It would be generally, and the word generally, is a big problem, inappropriate for them to be questioned by their alleged abuser. So yeah, again, open means, to interpretation, yeah. open to the social worker who's sitting there and has to make that call. I just feel like, what are they doing with this crime in the first place? It has nothing to do with them. It should be handed over to the legal system, to people, to the rape crisis centre, to places to know, that know what they're dealing with. Tulsa staff are instructed that the identity of the alleged victim should be disclosed to the suspect at an early stage. Oh my God, how frightening that is. Even in cases where the complainant, as in the victim, is at serious risk from the alleged abuser. They are putting as many barriers as possible to stop this outrage that people are feeling. And it looks from the, the article, the general public weren't even to know about these guidelines. How dangerous is that that an organisation is unaccountable? Unaccountable, and we sit there and do nothing about it. And has that kind of power yeah. when they're displaying complete incompetence, as you said. What's it going to take before, as a society, take this issue seriously and decide to do something about it? But there's absolutely no way they should be allowed to bring them those guidelines. And the fact that they're currently training their staff to implement them is even more concerning. And all because they're afraid of being sued? Yes. Well, I think the thing we have on our side is an awful lot of uproar about this. I don't think people are going to take this long I don't think so either now. You know, I know there's already a petition online, which we've signed, but we need to encourage everyone to do the same. Yeah, and where was that? That was on Facebook. It was started by Ashling Bruin. People powered change, uplift it's called. The fact that there's even been a bit of a backlash about this and Tulsa on Monday, on Monday of this week, 
defended their stance. And Tusla said that it, it's not applicable to children and vulnerable adults and that, of course, any victim would have the right to refuse being interviewed. But I don't believe them. No, and neither do I. And also because there are guidelines which is open to abuse. I just can't believe it because it's going back in time. It's not progress and it's not even more of the same. It's absolute going backwards. Well, whoever the new government is, bombard them with how they feel about this new guidelines. There's no one accountable. So if somebody goes in there and fucks up an individual victim who comes forward, nobody's going to be held accountable. We have to they be encouraging people to write into your audio TDs regardless of this yeah. election. In the text that's underneath the podcast, you will see all of the current people who are putting, sending in uh, petitions. So just follow those links. Get in touch with the leaders of all the parties and with all of your local TDs and councillors. Like this has to be the straw that broke the camel's back. This has to be something that we say no, absolutely not happening. When are they going to learn like to actually compare with victims to find out? Well, do you know, I'd say if there was a will there, it'd be a lesson well learned, but there actually is no will. It's something about this whole crime that makes people run. I wonder, did they think they'd push this out, you know, while everybody's absorbed with the election? Yeah, distracted. It's not that they're pushing out. We were never to find out about it. Too open to interpretation. But even if it was set in stone, it's fucking disgraceful. Yeah. Well, I think the saddest thing is the will behind is to self-protect. They are protecting themselves. Here's the first person you should all write to. It's Pat Rabbit. He's the chair of the board, and I would make sure his mailbox was exploding and you'll see his email text underneath this podcast with this is one thing that you absolutely we cannot let happen we cannot sit back and let this happen no under any circumstances thank you for listening you've been listening to the Kavna sisters podcast you can contact us through facebook twitter and instagram or email the Kavna sisters at gmail.com